It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is July 13th, 2021. My name is Philip Ross. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we meet Jamal Mosley, the new head coach of the Orlando Magic. I'll bring you my thoughts on his uh, on his press conference and, and what he's bringing to the Magic and how he plans to build the Magic up bit by bit. I'll also talk a little bit about the importance of year one and why, it, while this season may not be the best season, win-loss-wise, why this season is important in building the Magic's foundation. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the land of magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Phoenix Suns or Milwaukee Bucks ahead of Game 4 of the NBA Finals? Check out Locked On Suns or Locked On Bucks. No matter who your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. So stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. Jamal Mosley was introduced to the Orlando media yesterday uh, uh, in a virtual press conference. And uh, we got our first chance to really get to meet the guy. Um, You know, I would say, you know, there's obviously a lot of coach speak and there were a lot of themes that were developed throughout the course of the uh, of the press conference, you know, these kind of 30-minute press conferences are usually the longest press conferences that these coaches do, as everyone just gets a feel for who this person is. Um, you know, we've, we've read about him, you know, we've tried to get as much information as we can, but now we've actually heard from the guy. Um, and and I'll, I'll give my first impressions here. Uh, first off, um, I think that, that Mosley is very direct and to the point. That, that was the big thing that I noticed about the way that he conveys information. Um, there was not a lot of fluff to his, to his uh, uh, words. Um, they were impactful, uh, you know, especially as a reporter looking for quotes. There are a lot of good quotes. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I, I thought that he, you know, sometimes, yes, he did dance around some questions. I'm not, I, I don't think that's, that's, that's untrue. But he was pretty good at, at, stringing, at, at saying words and making those words matter. Um, I, I can see why players respond really well to him and, and why, um, especially in games when, or when he's giving advice, he's really, really, really good. Uh, you know, Steve Clifford, and I think Steve Clifford's a great communicator too, don't get me wrong. You know, Steve Clifford, in his press conference, press conferences, at least when he didn't have something that he was absolutely trying to say, you no, know, could kind of meander his sentences, break off a little bit, you know, go from kind of not one thought to the next. But, um, you know, he, he always needed to kind of pick his words or if he started on one track and, th- and thought the next track was better, 
he'd stop the sentence and start a new one. Um, trust me, I've had to transcribe Steve Clifford for for three years. Mostly, though, you know, it, it felt like like everything that he said was very purposeful. Um, you know, it sometimes felt like he cut his answers off short. But I, I think that's really a big part of how how direct and to the point he he was, um, and how how much he was really focused on getting his message across as quickly and, and, and as succinctly as possible. Um, and so again, when you're dealing with young players, when you're dealing with um, with with guys, you know, who don't have a lot, you know, they, they have a lot of time, but you don't have a lot of time with them, making that message clear, uh, you know, being very purposeful, being very impactful with your words, I think that does go a long way. I mean, you could, I think you could definitely see the hints of why he has been such a successful player development coach. When he gives when he gives you something, when he talks to you, he is not messing around. And 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 players, I think, do respect that. They don't want they don't want their time wasted as, as much as anyone else. Uh, and so it felt very much like like Mosley is going to be someone who gets to the point. Um, he's he's gonna he's gonna be direct um, with people, but at the same time, not a harsh guy. Um, you know, I I I I know that clip of Monty Williams has been circulating around. Uh, from game two when he was talking to DeAndre Ayton. You know, George Carl compared Joel Mosley to Monty Williams. I definitely see that vibe. Uh, I definitely I definitely can see that. Um there's there's definitely a quiet intensity about Mosley. I don't I, I don't think that came out um in, in that press con- in that press conference. Um you know there's a lot of humility for sure. Um you know I think he is very thankful for this opportunity and, and eager to get going. Um but at least with this dealing with the media, I, I felt that 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 directness is going to be really important and really key, and it's a, it's a key attribute of him. Um, you know, he's not going to waste words. He's not going to waste time. He's gonna he's gonna he's he's there to get to work, and, and that to me is very much a big part of the foundation the Magic are going to be building here, um, and it's very much a part of who this guy is. You know, one of the things he said throughout the course of the press conference was uh, was two things. One, a big goal of his and a big way that he builds relationships is he gets to know the person as much as the basketball player. Um, he wants to relate to and, and, and help shape young men as much as the basketball player. And in a lot of ways, it sounded like he was a college coach. And, and certainly, you know, the Magic are a young team. And, and again, one of the reasons why I think uh, Penny Hardaway wasn't a terrible choice and, and why I was slowly growing into the Penny Hardaway idea was because this is such a young team. That they they need guidance to be good young men. And the Magic have good young men. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. The Magic have a good group of guys uh, and good people um, by all accounts. But this is such an important point, too that he really wants to be invested not just in the player, but in the person. And that led to another theme throughout the course of the press conference, family. You know, Mosley spoke a little bit about his family and and, and, and getting them to, to buy into coming to Orlando and taking this risk. Um, he spoke about the, the, the family atmosphere inside the Amway Center, and again, you know, Again, I think you could say what you want about the DeVos family as owners. I do think that they have created a positive work culture uh, with the Magic from from Magic employees that I know. Um, there, there is a good place to work. And again, say what you want about the DeVos family and their uh, and, and a lot of things about them. 
Um, I have never felt the sense that they're not invested in the team or invested in the city. Um, they've done a lot of things for this community. And, and, and honestly, while, again, there's plenty to say about the DeVos family and, and certainly their stewardship of the Orlando Magic um, as, a, as a team, as a basketball product, uh, I think that they have been good stewards of a community and public trust um, as far as their involvement in the community. We can get into the stadium stuff later, but um, I, I think that I think that they've been a net positive for this community and for this city. Um, and, and community service and that kind of family atmosphere is a very big part of their company culture, of their team culture. Again, say what you want about that. Um, I, I do I do think that I don't when I heard Bosley say that, it was not surprising to me um, because that is the sense that I've gotten about the magic and how they operate, that they truly try to operate like a family. Of course, all this stuff is well and good. Um, all that stuff is nice. It's fluffy pros. It, it, it's something that kind of sells a person on working for them. But the real question is, can Mosley get the job done? Can Mosley be someone that helps build and grow this team? And, and that's really what it's going to come down to. His... Yes, his measure of success is ultimately going to be wins and losses. It's going to be whether this team progresses, whether this team gets better. And that's where, again, Mosley's philosophy really rang true. He said on several occasions throughout the press conference that, you know, his goal is to help guys get better day by day. Um, you know, celebrate small victories on occasion. Um, you know, don't, you know don't, don't shy away from good things that happen. Um, but definitely to, to build and grow from that. And again, that's where the player relationship part, that's where getting to know these players as people, that's where this really plays out. It's, it's a huge opportunity for everyone, obviously. It is a huge moment for everyone to, to be in this situation, to be in this, this place. And Mosley... Seems like a good cultural fit, both from the organization standpoint and from the standpoint of someone who's going to get the most out of these young players. So at the end of the day, you know, the responsibility still lands on Jeff Weltman to deliver and build a roster that Mosley can make the most of, that Mosley can grow and can develop. Right now, this team's just really young. There's not a lot more to it, but there's still a lot more to go. And I think what the next step has to be is to focus in on this first year. So talk about what Mosley said about how he wants his team to play and why this first year is so important to everything the Magic are going to try and do here in the next few years. We'll get to that coming up in just a moment. But first, it's time to name our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Who else could it be? It's going to be Jamal Mosley, our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week the new head coach of the Orlando Magic. Um, you know, I, I again, I will say this again. I, I thought Mosley was really impressive during his press conference. You know, obviously he's not going to get into all the X's and O's and every little bit of his philosophy. You know, he even admitted, you know, he's still waiting to meet all of the players. He wants to make sure that he can give them the real time to get to know them as people. I think that's really key to everything that he's about. Um, he said that he texted a few guys and and met a few that are already in the gym. Um, yeah, don't don't worry, Cole Anthony. I saw you doing that Instagram live from the Amway Center practice court at like twelve thirty one a.m. last night. Um, it's it, he's he's still getting to meet ev- meet everyone, but 
Again, I came away. If you haven't watched the press conference, it is on Orlando Magic's YouTube page. It is on the on OrlandoMagic.com, um, and it is also linked on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Um, I, I came away really impressed. Um, again, the, the proof is in the pudding. We've all been to these coaching press conferences. It's it, 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 you, you, winning the press conference is an accomplishment, but it's not the game, so to speak. Um, but this is a guy that that really does seem like he has a very clear vision of how he wants his team to play and a very clear vision on his approach to to meeting and dealing with players uh, and to getting the most out of these players. And again, we'll see if that plan is is something that'll work. But you know, again, we've been in that room before and we know what bad plans look like and what good plans look like. And I would say Mosley so far looks like he has a good plan in place. So today, like everyone, like everyone in the Magic is saying, is a pretty happy day. And you remember, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. So with only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, joy creates success because enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. And Jamal Mosley is our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Today's podcast also brought to you by Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me, just trying to make it through the day tension-free, Theragun can help. Theragun is a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tensions using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power, and it's quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun does not just feel good, it gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out working out an injury or just the stresses of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. The OLED screen and design make you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to their site and check it out. And the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. Theragun is trusted by more than 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers, and a whole lot more. Try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun.com slash locked on. So all the stuff is nice and, and, and good and all that, but we want to know how the Magic are going to play. How are you going to actually execute this play? And what, what's the ultimate final product going to be? That's the question that we've been asking. We've tried to answer it, but Jamal Mosley gave some pretty direct answers on this front. Um, you know, or at least generally direct. You know, no one's going to reveal the, the, the playbook at this point. Um, Mosley said that his offensive philosophy is to play with pace, to play with space, and to play with the pass. Um, now, we've heard some of this before. Steve Clifford was a big talker on trying to play with pace over the last few years. Um, space obviously makes sense. You know, uh, I remember Frank Vogel joking, joking one time with, with the media that, you know, his whole job as a coach is to create space for players. Um, and Vogel was also a big proponent of playing with the pass. It was one of his favorite phrases. So uh, these are nice. They tell us a little bit, but they're kind of generic. His defensive philosophy, though, is a little bit clearer. Um, defensively, he said he wants the team to be a high communication, high-level communication team, to be talkative uh, and, and, and to be physical, um, to be a good defensive team. Um, he wants this team to uh, make be disruptive and make it hard for teams to execute their game plan. And again, Maybe that's all a little generic, but it sure sounds like the Magic are going to bring up the pressure a little bit. Again, 
no one's going to reveal the playbook. We got to see how this team looks on the floor and, and, and all that. But I, I do think that this is all a good sign. Um, I, I would take these as a good sign because um, as, as much as we are expecting the next season to be rough, and I do think that that the that the Magic are in for kind of a rough 2022 season. And Mosley seems to understand this and seems to has have his goals on kind of the day to day process. No one's looking to win the season. No one's looking to to necessarily you know if, if the Magic make the playoffs, no one's going to complain. But the goal is to get better every day um, and, and and to take progress in hand. And those are good goals. That's what the Magic should be trying to do at this point. That's who the Magic should be trying to be. They're a young team that needs to get better. But doing this is a lot easier said than done, obviously. And while it certainly feels like this next season is going to be a transition season and trying to figure out who the Magic should really be building around, it is still not a season that should go to waste. You know, I, I, was, I, I am thinking a little bit about the Jacques Vaughn. Uh, seasons and the first, the first, and the first part of this rebuild since Dwight Howard left. The Jacques Vaughn era was defined by its lack of direction. Um, yes, that first season with Vaughn, the Magic were still a mix of veteran players um, and, and players acquired in the Dwight Howard trade. That team was not quite a rebuilding team. That team was built to lose, and they lost, uh, especially after Glenn Davis's injury and then Hito Turkoglu's injury after that. Um, that team. You know, would a direction have helped that team? It might have been a little bit better, but uh, that wasn't what was really important. Still, the foundation for who the Magic wanted to be should have been built that season. It certainly should have been built after the Magic drafted Victor Oladipo with the second pick in the draft. There were still young players who needed to have an understanding of what the coach was going to ask of them and how they were going to play. That was not the case under Jacques Vaughn, and I think that was one of the big mistakes of that early rebuild. The Magic were simply losing for losing sake. And if we call Jock Vaughn, you know, sort of a babysitter for a young team, that's not the kind of coach the Magic need right now. The Magic needs someone that's actually going to try and be there for the end. And is actually focused on a bigger picture, even as they work to get better every day. And that's kind of what a head coach has to be. They have to have both the big and the small picture in mind. Whereas assistant coaches are probably working more on the day-to-day, daily grind of, of getting better and improving. Jamal Mosley has to have a successful first season. And that success isn't going to be measured in wins and losses. Um, you know, I expect the Magic to do a little bit better because um, young players will inevitably get a little bit better. But it's going to be a tough season. I'm not expecting Magic to make the playoffs next year. Um, you know, barring someone taking a huge leap, barring Jonathan Isaac looking really good, barring Marco Fultz coming back sooner than everyone thinks. I'm not expecting the Magic to take some huge leap into the playoffs. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm not expecting it. What I am expecting is for the Magic to begin showing what their identity will be. I want to be able to look back at this first season and say, this is where everything began. I can see now what this team is trying to be and what they're trying to grow into. I can see which players the Magic need to exchange or which kind of players the Magic need to bring in to make this work. And sure, some of that still depends on getting in players that you can truly build around. The Magic still need their star. And it's really tough to win in this league without it. But the Magic have to begin looking like that team. That team that they will be when they win. Because winning shouldn't be that far away. 
Yes, this is a young team. Yes, there's going to be mistakes. Yes, there's going to be some great moments. Yes, there's going to be some low moments. But they need to look like a team that can win. Or at least the, the shading of a team that can win. At least the beginnings of a team that can win. This first season cannot go to waste. There's a lot of work to do to lay the groundwork and the foundation to make this Magic team good. And again, what I think is really impressive about Jamal Mosley is he seems to understand that. He seems to understand that the goal is to get better every day. That the goal is to come in with an idea, with a plan, and to execute it. And that plan cannot start next season. Cannot start when all the pieces are perfectly in place. That plan has to start now. So again, the Magic might win just 25, 26, 27 games next year. They're 201 odds right now to win the the title. They might not be very good next year. But wins and losses is not how we're going to judge this team. We're going to judge this team based on how they improve and how they look. Is there the beginnings of a true team, of a winning team, of a playoff contending team, of, dare I say, a championship team? Is there the beginnings of that? Can we see that team begin to form? And if that's the case, if that's the case, then Mosley will have a successful first season. And that's really the plan that he has to execute right now. We'll talk a little about the USA basketball's team loss to uh, to uh, Australia um, as they get as they continue as they continue to struggle at the beginning of their Olympic training. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So I enjoy, endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer. They can only choose the brand that they have in their warehouse. It's crazy. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. You don't have to rely on them or their stock. You've got a big stock in front in front of you. Save time and money when using Rock Auto, so why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for more than 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need. You can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go to Explore, their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today on the road to the finals, our NBA Finals coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. Game four of the NBA Finals coming up Wednesday. But the U.S. basketball team struggling again. Losing to Australia 91-83, to giving up an 11-1 to run to close the game. Um, 
I, I noted after, and Nigeria destroyed Argentina, but I noted after the Nigeria game that it still felt like the U.S. was just slapped together and and they didn't quite know how to play with each other, play with each other yet. And I thought they played better. There was definitely more focus in this game. Uh, the U.S. had like a seven or eight point lead in the third quarter, and then it just all fell apart. Um, you know, maybe some of it is because Darius Garland's having to play a little bit too much. He's on the select team and kind of filling out the roster while the while the uh, U.S. waits for Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday to join the team after the NBA Finals. Um, but it really feels like Team USA doesn't trust each other right now. And this is the point that a lot of people are making about the U.S. national program. These guys have not played together at all. You look at teams like Nigeria, you look at teams like Australia, you look at teams like Spain, which the U.S. will play in a few months. They'll look at a team like Argentina, like the U.S. is going to play today. Those guys have played together for years, from when they were teenagers all the way up till now. And one of the things that the U.S. program was supposed to do starting in 2006 at the, at the World Cup at the World Championships at the time, um, following the loss in 2004, was to make guys commit for three years. Make guys commit for the whole process. That way they're playing together throughout the whole time and ultimately peaking as a team for the Olympics. That's why those teams were so good. The U.S. is not in a position anymore where they can just slap talent together and show up and win. That, like, Look, those days are done. The U.S. tried it at the World Cup. It failed miserably. They cannot just expect to show up and win anymore. They have to actually care. They actually have to play. They actually have to form a real team. And the U.S. does not have that right now. The U.S. right now is just a collection of individuals. This is an all-star team trying to play real basketball games. And it shows. When things get tough, players are going at it alone. They're trying to beat zones by themselves. These These teams... Know that if they can just hang around, do take 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 whatever punch the U.S. is going to throw at them, they can beat this team. Because when times get tough, the U.S. has no clue how to act or how to execute. More concerning, the U.S.'s defense is not good. Under Coach K, the U.S. defense was a terror because they could just they could literally throw twelve bodies at you and they kept the pressure on all the time. So if they had a bad shooting night, it didn't matter. You weren't scoring enough anyway. Now the U.S. defense. They don't really know where they're going. They don't really know what they're doing yet. Again, this is something that is built up over years. This is something that's built up over training camps, over competitions like the FIBA, FIBA Americas or uh, the World Cup or any of those other competitions. Built up over years of playing together. France, those guys, Evan Fournier and his crew, they've been playing together their entire lives. The U.S. The U.S. still has the talent advantage and they'll always have a chance to win and they'll always be the favorite because of that talent advantage but this is not a team and if the U.S. has to learn through a couple of frankly embarrassing losses that they can't just show up and win again win anymore that they can't even just slap a team together as quickly as they did this one um then they need to learn that now they need to get themselves right they need to figure out exactly how they're playing Look, I'll give Damian Lillard credit. I thought that he played really well. He certainly played inspired. I think this really matters to him, and and I really want him to win because I love Damian Lillard as a person and as a player. Um, I think Kevin Durant's probably coasting a little bit. I think he'll be fine when the Olympics start start up, but there are a lot of problems with this team. Starts on defense. The rebounding isn't particularly good. Both Bam Adebayo and Draymond Green have struggled on the glass. Um, And again, they're just not tied together. It doesn't seem like they really know what they're doing quite yet. 
it's been a rough go for, for Team USA here to start. A loss to Australia is really, really disappointing. And Australia's a good team. Don't get me wrong. Australia's a good team. Again, Nigeria destroyed Argentina yesterday. It was a really impressive win for Nigeria. That, that Nigerian team, the Tigers, are really good. Um, really young team, play with a lot of energy, um, able to hit from the outside. That that team's going to catch a lot of people by surprise, and they could be they could they could sneak out of group out of their group um, in in the Olympics. But the U.S. has its work cut out for it. It has to be a lot better. And they get Argentina today. And frankly, I know it's just an exhibition game. Feels like it's a must win. Aren't they? They got at least to have proof of concept that they can win and they can beat quality opponents. And Argentina is not what they used to be. But they got to prove that they can beat quality opponents like Argentina if they're going to win at the Olympics. We'll talk more about Team USA basketball as they continue through their exhibition tournament. We'll talk about the game against Argentina on our next episode of Locked on Magic. We'll talk a little bit more about draft prospects too as the week goes on. Get back to our draft preview. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in Himmel, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Don't forget... Starting July 19th, that's Monday, the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Locked On and Odyssey, featuring analysis from the GOAT of NBA Mock Drafts, Chad Ford, and Odyssey NBA experts Brian Scalabrini and former general manager Ryan McDonough. Our Locked On NBA local experts will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr__md. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this is with Phil Brosman Wright. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.